Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. From Orange County. I had no idea that was your husband. To New Jersey. I never expected this. Tough enough, tough enough. Get behind the scenes and relive the drama. Don't talk to him. He's a little twerk. All of this is unimportant to me. With exclusive interviews and celebrity guests. Let me tell you something right now. This is Getting Real with the Housewives. Hey guys, welcome to Getting Real with the Housewives, a Housewives podcast from right here at Us Weekly, where we break down all your latest Housewives news, give you exclusive interviews with your favorite ladies, and dish the dirt on all things Real Housewives related. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. This week, we sit down with Real Housewives of New York star Ebony K. Williams, who spills all on her confrontation with Luann de Lesseps, Ramona and Leah's ongoing feud, and if she would come back for another season. This week was a big week, too, that you did this big Dress for Success event. So tell me all about it. Yeah, it's amazing. So Joy Gordon, the CEO of Dress for Success, is a personal friend and mentor of mine. She's also a female Black woman attorney who's, you know, really turned her leadership skills into tremendous change for literally over a million women. Um, You know, so I've been working collaboratively with Dress for Success for many years now, and it's just something I believe in. So basically, um, they were having a lovely fundraiser, and I was able to moderate a panel with some dynamic, powerful women. And just about how, when you think of clothes and aesthetic, um, how it correlates to professional ascension mm-hmm. um, and in really tangible ways and focusing on what that really looks like in a pandemic kind of coming out of pandemic environment. Um, so, you know, just really speaking to what uh, presentable comfort looks like um, that still says, I'm here to be taken seriously. I'm here about the business. I'm here to... Uh, you know, amplify and exhibit the values of this company or my own organization. But at the same time, you know, it, the, 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 you know, power pit suit or whatever, it's just different now because we're still kind of in a pandemic. So, Definitely. yeah. Yeah. So it was really great. And I'm just so proud of Dress for Success and my ability to collaborate with them because, you know, they're really the only org that focuses unapologetically on enhancing women's confidence in their aesthetic as a way of empowering them economically, which is really, you know, it's more than just, you know, dresses and suits on a rack. It really is every career resource from interview tips to resume writing to cover letters to all of it. So it's definitely, yeah. If you, if you, you know, if you look good, you feel good, you know, it all kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, how would you describe your own personal style? 
You know, I, I will say I am very clear about my personal style and aesthetic. I'm a woman that very much knows what she likes to look like. And you can mm -hmm. ask my style team and <laughs> hair and makeup artists uh, for confirmation of that. I feel that my style is classic. It's very uh, clean lines. It honors um, femininity in a very full way. Uh, I, I, I really am into fit and fabric uh, and just making sure that my aesthetic commands my intention, which again is to be an unapologetic woman, um, but and, and, and also a woman who is really to be taken seriously and about her business and uh, you know about winning in 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 and getting everything. Thanks. I, well, I love. I've been loving all of your style and fashion on this season of Real Housewives. I mean, you know, we're only well, a few you. episodes in. How are you feeling about it so far? Well, you know, so far so good. You know, I mean, it's it's a lot, right? And you can't please all the people all the time, and everybody's got something to say. But I I take the good with the bad, and it's a part of signing up for this, you know, incredible once in a lifetime journey. So I feel really good about it so far. And I'm really just excited, frankly, that people are finally getting to see what my castmates and I have worked extremely hard to, mm -hmm. you know, cultivate uh, as only a five member cast, which is, you know, not usual. Right. And during, you know, a global pandemic and in New York, which was the epicenter of, you know, at least America's kind of uh, pandemic experience. So, no, so, so true. Yeah, no, yeah, I think I'm really it, proud of it. You've yeah. been such a wonderful addition. I really love, I love getting to know you and, you know, kind of seeing how you kind of fit in with the group. I mean, what does it mean to you to be the first black New York housewife? You know, it means so much to me to be the first Black uh, New York housewife. I've been a fan of the franchise since its inception 13 years ago. So to step into this space with many women, Ramona, Luann, Sonia, who I've watched for 10 plus years, um, is very surreal and very cool. And the, the reality is they have built, uh, with Leah joining last season, of course, uh, you know, a, a legacy franchise that is beloved and celebrated literally around the world. You know, I've even had fans reach out to me from Australia, from the UK, from Canada, you know, I mean, it's really cool to see. And, uh, uh, you know, to join that universe and that ecosystem with them is a very humbling experience. It's also a huge amount of responsibility mm -hmm. um, to be the first in any capacity is always going to come with that responsibility. And, um, you know, that's however you want to construe that. If it's pressure, if it's uh, privilege, it's, it's to me, it's all of those. And so I am just extremely intentional about the way that I show up as, as a woman and a black woman in this space and just did my very, very, very best to honor the authenticity of my lens, never at any point um, being arrogant enough to think that's the lens or experience of every Black woman, um, but doing the best I can to represent uh, the excellence that is Black womanhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that you say, you know, you kind of, it's kind of encompasses everything. Have you, have you felt that pressure and what has been the fan response so far? You know, it's, it's been a mixed bag, I would say, a fan response. I think the overwhelming response has been incredibly positive and loving. Um, and that's from fans of all colors and genders and sexual orientations and ages. Um, and like I said, uh, ge geographic location. So that's been amazing. Um, and then, you know, there's also been you know, some skepticism or some 
pushback. And, you know, obviously, you know, I am not shy when it comes to any topic, at least of all when it comes to race and culture. Um, you know, I have a, a bachelor's degree in black studies and I also you know, unapologetically do this work, right, of liberating Blackness in America as a journalist and as an attorney. So, you know, it's it's a conversation that's never been had on Roni. Yeah. Um, it's just now being had on sister franchises. Just before you called me, I literally got off the phone with Crystal Kung Minkoff, um, who's the first Asian American housewife on Beverly Hills, you know, and um, you know, I often have conversations with Tiffany Moon, the first um, Asian American on Dallas. You know, it's a lot. Garcelle's been amazing. Um, so I think we have a unique kind of sorority within a sorority, quite I frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Have they all been super supportive of you as well? I would. Oh, imagine. amazing. Amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing and incredible. And it would have been a much lonelier experience without them. Yeah, no. But at, at simultaneously, I, I do want to credit my castmates who um, I can't speak for. Um, you know, uh, my other women of color that are breaking barriers on their franchises. But I will say, although I go through ups and downs with, uh, you know, some of my castmates more so than others, as you, you'll see on the next couple episodes, in the end, I mean, these women have shown up for me and they have made space for me to bring myself full throttle to this experience. Um, and for that, I'm very, very grateful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who, I mean, in your opinion, who was the most welcoming, least welcoming of the group, but it could, but it, I mean, Based on the first few episodes, it seems like everybody kind of welcomed you with opened arms. Like, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. yes and no. <laughs> I, 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 I think it depends on exactly when you kind of stop the the, the, the timer, right? Because okay. I think, you know, as, as I talked about in confessional, Sonia was a little standoffish yeah, to me give you that in the very beginning. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I never thought that was about race or age or anything. I think that's just Sonia. I think, mm -hmm. and now that I know Sonia so much better, I mean, I'm probably almost the closest to, to Leah and Sonia um, and then have a very kind of odd couple close relationship with Ramona Singer as well, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But, um, you know, Sonia is somebody who is all or nothing. Um, and so now I understand what that's about, which is she falls head over heels in love with, you know, people that she connects with. And what she was doing in that moment when she first met me was assessing, is this someone I can go all in on? You know, mm -hmm. and that's something that Sonia does consistently with everybody that comes into her life, because like a lot of us, you know, she's been hurt. She's been, uh, you know, burned emotionally with friends and family and, you know, relationships. Um, it's actually very similar to how uh, my first interactions with Remy Mob were on my one of my previous jobs, State of the Culture. Um, Remy is very difficult uh, to crack. Mm -hmm. But once you crack, I mean, just the heart of gold, just the sweetest, most loving individual. And that's how Sonia is. Yeah. I mean, did you really, I thought it was uh, nice of you to stick up for Sonia when Luann was kind of going in on her about Tom, um, you know, you were like, people don't, don't value Sonia as much as they should. Is I mean, did your relationship kind mm -hmm. of change after that? I think so. Um, and I think it's because Sonia realized I'm somebody that's going to, do what's right, regardless of the circumstance. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just a very principled person in that way. And I think that strongly aligns with Sonia's values as well. And I also said it was cut out of the egg. If Sonia had been saying that about Luann, I would have said the same thing to Sonia. You sure. know, it really didn't, it wasn't so much about Sonia as much as it was about 
women just shouldn't be doing that to other women, least of all women that they uh, subscribe to be friends. Like that's that's like the opposite of, of, of sisterhood and friendliness and empowering women. So like, no, like we're not going to do the slut shaming and I'm not on my watch. You know, mm-hmm. meaning if you want to, you know, talk shit about your friend in that way, I guess that's your prerogative. But I'm not going to sit here and be silently complicit in that. I just couldn't do it. Totally. I mean, did you feel that instant connection with Ramona like she did with you? Ramona. <laughs> Ramona's hysterical with that. And I love that Leah called her out. Like, what are you talking totally. about, Ramona? You said that to me too. Like, please. Like, what I think Ramona was was trying to describe is more so how much we kind of just like optically have in common. Like, it's kind of bizarre. Like, Ramona and I are literally the same exact measurements. So there's going to be some scenes upcoming where we're like wearing the same exact outfit you know and we literally we, we have similar tastes like we we like a lot of the same things in life like we like the same wines we like the same cocktails we like the same foods it's it's a it's kind of like we're we're taste maker uh sisters in that way and i think that because that's like superficially what else can you assess about commonality with somebody so i think that's where that was coming from and then i think over time Ramona started to see a lot of herself in me and me and her, which is very hard-nosed business women, take no bullshit, take no nonsense, very proud of the fact that we are self-made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where the similarities that she was attracted to come from. Yeah. Do you feel that after, you know, the help comment and after you sat down and talked to her, did you see a shift in her at all? Yeah, actually I did and still do. I mean, Ramona and Leah and I just went to, uh, into Sheen like a week ago and Ramona literally asks and remembers the servers names now. And I mean, it might seem small to some people, but I think that's a big important step. It just says that even, you know, at this stage in her life, she's so successful and has so much notoriety and money and all the things she's, she's actually not beyond self-improvement, you know? And I think that's a, that's something we all should, you know, be in the space of and be, and have willingness around. And listen, I think Ramona, you know, we did just met and I think she really didn't know where I was coming from when I said I needed to talk to her about the comment. Yeah. And you guys didn't see in the edit, like it took about five minutes to convince her to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, Ramona's very good at evading. She's a professional runner. Um, and she really tried to shut that conversation down. But what she saw when I kind of forced her hand to have it is it, it was not in the spirit or intention of canceling her or making her look or even feel bad. It really was from this place of, I want to express how I'm feeling and give you an opportunity to consider that, you know, moving forward. And she did. And, you know, I'm really, I think it, I think it gave us a foundation of basic trust to continue getting to know each other. Um, challenges do pop up later in the season but but it was a good place to start definitely i love that she's a professional runner i think that is perfectly said um perfectly i mean did more of those conversations of race and tough conversations did they come up more uh during throughout the course of the season as well oh yeah absolutely i mean you guys are going to see it the probably one of the toughest ones next week um you know this the next two episodes are you know, tough. I mean, to the point where I think my castmates and I all have a little anxiety about even rewatching them mm. um, because it was such a tough thing to get through in real time. Um, and I was so new to the group and, you know, it was again, still in the middle of this, and as we still very much are this national reckoning around race and culture and 
seeing each other, just being able to sit and hold space for one another's pain. You know, I think that's the real challenge in this moment um, is that everybody's dealing with something. Uh, what I think is really difficult is moving forward on any of these issues of racial angst and um, anxiety and pain and oppression and all the things if we don't have the, I think, kind of emotional maturity, right, to sit and make space for someone else's experience. Not what we wish their experience was, but their actual experience. Um, and that's tough. And, yeah. and we, we struggle with that. Right. I mean, we do see you and Luann kind of go at it um, next episode. I mean, can you kind of tell us a little bit about Have you that? seen it? I haven't Have you seen it. No, because that one's not posted okay. yet. I just saw like the, the teaser for it. Okay. So okay. It just, you can kind of like tease a little bit about what's going to happen. And did that affect your friendship going forward? Uh, well, again, I haven't seen it myself. I'm going to watch it later this afternoon. Um, but obviously we lived it. Yeah, I mean, it was really tough. It was. It did affect, I think, very much so my relationship with Luann. It took a long time for us to kind of get to a place of any kind of repair around it. Because I think after, you know, this blow up that we have, I, I, I think there was a question mark on both ends around trust. Like, can I trust your intentions for me as a woman, as a person? Um, and I think that's a hard, you know, in, in a friendship, it's hard to have an authentic connection when there's a, a lack of trust and it's like, yeah, you know, so just buckle up, stay tuned. I think it's extremely important. These next two episodes, um, for laying a foundation for the rest of our season. Very much so. Wow. Okay. I mean, are you in a good place now with Luann? Yeah. I mean, I think Lou and I are in a, in a, in a solid place, you know? Um, but I also do think Lou and I, in terms of my relationships with the women, probably still have the most room for growth mm -hmm. when it comes to the closeness that I aspire to in a friendship. You know, again, I, I'm kind of like Sonya in this way. I'm all or nothing. Like either you're one of my closest friends or I don't really deal with you. You know, I just, I don't, I don't have a lot of acquaintances or a lot of like small talky Instagram friends. I just don't really do that. Um, yeah. I'm a very introverted person. So it's kind of like we have a deep, authentic personal connection or we don't. And I just think Luann and I probably need to spend more time together and share more and have more uh, intimacy. And I think intimacy is a word that we often think about only in romantic context. Mm -hmm. um, but it, to me, intimacy is applicable to platonic friendships as well. Um, and even family relationships. And it's really based on sharing. Um, and I just think there's a lot more sharing that Lou and I can do with one another to get to a deeper place. Definitely. I mean, are you, is there anything that's, that you've watched back so far that the girls have said in confessionals that have really surprised you? Uh, no. I mean, honestly, I was pleasantly surprised, I guess, when Ramona said that she really appreciated the non-condescending way in which I talked talk to her about the health comment. I was like, wow, okay, good. go Ramona, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I knew she ended up there, but I didn't necessarily know in that moment she received it with the spirit that I intended. So I think that was a really positive surprise. And listen, I am a big girl, so I totally anticipate shit talking to come. But, you know, <laughs> and I don't take it personal. Like, every, we all think, you know, stuff under our breath and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It seems like Ramona still has some issues with the way Leah talks. Do you feel like, are they in a better place now? Or do you feel like Ramona has finally accepted exactly who Leah really is? <laughs> This issue comes up 
this week too, in the next, you know, two weeks. It's actually that issue of Ramona and to an extent, even Luann having some problem issue, cringe worthiness or whatever around Leah, Leah's vocabulary and Leah's mm-hmm. insistence on, you know, saying it how she feels comfortable. And it's that issue that ends up spiraling into the issue that Lou and I have. Um, Cause I just don't play that. I don't play the judgment and demonizing and stigmatizing of women, mm-hmm. um, obviously. And is that, cause that's what led to the Sonia, you know, defense in the, in the sprinter. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that leads to the blow up at Lou's in Sag Harbor. And yeah. So I listen, I think Ramona and, Leah are in a great place now, um, but this issue—I don't think it's ever going to totally go away. Yeah. Does the yeah. do the girls kind of turn on Luann? Like, does everybody, or is this just kind of? Oh no, 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 no. no. Nor, nor, nor is that the goal, or even the of expectation, course, yeah. right? I think it's just a situation. Listen, I think, frankly, some of this is generational. I think we just have to be honest about that. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. some of this is you know, these women were coming into their womanhood and adulthood in a very different society as it relates to the liberation of women, you know, and Leah and I are very fortunate to kind of stand on the shoulders of the previous generation's work around that. And so I think some of that is at play and it's difficult to talk about without it all sounding like you're ageist or shaming the women because of, you know, where they are generationally. But it's also a factor, you know, and Leah and I have, have spoken about that and we recognize that. So, mm-hmm. of course, they're not going to see it the way we necessarily see it. Um, but we just don't want to be shamed or stigmatized around our authentic experience. Of course, totally. Um, I am excited because, you know, cast trips are always the best. I, and I know that you all take a, a trip to Salem. Is there anything that you could tease about that? Was it a lot of fun? <laughs> child Salem <laughs> Salem was a lot of fun um just because you know it was like right around the Halloween era and it was like spooky you know it was cool and the, and the town was so lovely and so gracious especially still again in the pandemic and we did some cool photo shoots and did some really cool things but there's a lot a lot of drama in Salem like OMG uh, I think we all came back from Salem like what the hell just happened so <laughs> definitely like stay tuned for that because that was it was crazy it was so crazy (laughs) totally and you know you do open up a bit about your your dating life and your dating history and things like that I mean what has dating been like for you during this pandemic and are we going to see that at all on the show well you know you'll hear me talk about it a little bit on the show um just because I'm very like you said very open about it I think it's only fair you know to to be candid about where I was and ending my engagement and then dating the new guy and then you'll see kind of what happens with that and you know by the end of the season you see that i'm kind of finding family in a broader way okay. that kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off so like oh my god i gotta hurry up and get married tomorrow and have babies tomorrow because otherwise i don't have family so you see me kind of make some peace with that um but i can tell you as of this moment i have officially retained a fantastic matchmaker and I am very much excited about literally going on dates like right now. So it's a good thing. That's awesome. What's it been like working with the matchmaker? Is it, I, I would imagine it's a fun experience. You know, it's been a really fun experience. It's very exciting. You know, when they like send you the email, like here's a new match. What do you think? Um, tell us what, what is interesting or not. And you get to 
say yes, which means yes, go ahead and set up the date. Or you get to say more information, which maybe I want more pictures or more info, or you could just say pass. So, Mm -hmm. um, and what's nice is, you know, for women that just really don't have the time um, or bandwidth to sit and swipe endlessly, um, which I guess could be fun too, but at some point it's like, come on, you know, I kind of know what I want. I know what I'm looking for. It's outsource everything else in my life. Like why not outsource the vetting of the guy. So that by the time I'm looking at a date, it's like, okay, this guy is like what I want, you know? So that's nice. Totally. Um, have any of the women either in this franchise or other franchises given you any advice going into, uh, your first reunion? Cause I, I'm sure that you guys are oh, interesting in the next yeah. weeks, months. <laughs> Yes, we will. Um, yeah, actually, Dr. Simone Whitmore um, from Married to Medicine has given me good advice, which is essentially to start taking notes yeah. <laughs> um, per episode with things that, you know, you just want to respond to um, because you'll forget. And I think that's pretty basic but important advice. Totally. Definitely. And I mean, overall, are you happy that you ended up doing this? Was this a good experience? And do you want to continue uh, doing Housewives? I'm definitely happy that I did it. Um, I just think it was so important that this particular franchise uh, just grow and give itself an opportunity to bring a diverse perspective. I think specifically in this moment, a black lens um, and experience and to also just, you know, kind of give this franchise an opportunity to amplify what has always worked and been successful for this franchise and also challenge um, some of the conventions um, as, you know, we as a as a society move forward and grow. So I think that's super important. And I'm really blessed that I was at a time in my life. I mean, I couldn't have done this show almost at any other time in my life just because of where I was professionally or personally or a combination of the, of the both. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that this moment afforded me the opportunity to do this show and give it a thousand percent of my, my energy, which I did. Um, and I don't have any regrets about the way in which I shown up in this space. Will I do it again? I mean, that's like a gazillion variables, right? I mean, does Bravo want to continue with me on the franchise? That's up to them. Do I feel I have it in me um, emotionally? Um, because I, I would never kind of dial it in. And I think sometimes you do see that with, with Housewives, um, sure. you know, where it's like they've done it, you know, and they, they kind of kill it the first season and then they kind of start dialing it in subsequent seasons. I, I just don't play that. You know, I, again, I'm like an all in, all, all or nothing person. So it's, it's really going to have to be a assessment of my ability, my capacity um, to give it everything I have again, because that's only fair to the viewers, in my opinion, and to my castmates. You know? mm-hmm. Well, I hope to see you back for many more seasons. You've been such a fantastic addition, and it's been so great getting to know you on camera and then getting to talk to you today. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Christine. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Getting Around with the Housewives. But if you need your housewives fixed before then, head on over to usmagazine.com where we've got you covered.